Hello, everyone, and welcome to the Defenders podcast by Fantastic Geek, the official, unofficial voice of the Marvel Cinematic Community. My name is Matt, and joining me, as always, is Pete. Hello, Pete. Hello, Matt. Hello, everybody. Uh, Realize that it's probably been overdue that we haven't gotten to Defenders, but given that we've been with every single member of the Defenders to this point, you can't say that we haven't been on top of this. Indeed, Pete. Longtime listeners know that that is true. We've been hitting Daredevil and Jessica Jones and Luke Cage and Iron Fist. Also, we've been uh, wrapping up Agents of S.H.I.E.L.D. in the past month or so. So busy times around Fantastic Geek, but uh, hello, old listeners, and welcome, new listeners. Absolutely. And Matt, let's jump in ahead of the friday august 18th uh debut of the defenders eight episode miniseries on netflix and talk about the trailer that came out in may indeed pete it'll be interesting when we get to that release date in august uh this this is a a goal that has existed all the way since october 2013 when uh marvel was prepping four drama series and a mini series uh, as as a package was it going to end up with netflix or amazon or wgn america or somewhere uh but pete we've had all four feeder series we get the mini series uh starting and concluding i suppose on august 18th um but uh with all of that in mind yeah let's talk about this latest uh, trailer it's high octane it's high energy we get to see all four members of the defenders plus more i love that we begin with the story centered on jessica jones she's clearly done something and you know girl power we've talked about the the fantastically strong women of the new york portion of the Marvel Cinematic Universe between Jessica Jones, now interrogated by Misty Knight and the the two of them at odds before uh, a dude finally shows up. Indeed, that, of course, is her uh, her new attorney that she didn't know about, Matt Murdock, and great way to kind of give us entrance into uh, into this world where we get Pete, arguably, representation from the three most popular portions of the Defenders. Uh, <laughs> I, I say that with a little wink and a nod in our in our Iron Fist podcast, uh, where we where we covered every episode. Some of the shortcomings of that series discussed there. I won't rehash it here, but uh, certainly, uh, you know, we get this great introduction representing three quarters of of uh, the Defenders shows, if perhaps not uh, three quarters of the Defenders themselves. And Pete, we're just talking about the first scene. Yeah, uh, it's not long before um, we see Luke Cage, who is headed past Pop's barbershop there, presumably freed, Matt, from uh, last being sent to uh, or or returned to Seagate Prison. Yeah, and I mean, again, I I marvel, no pun intended, at how uh this show developed by douglas petrie and marco ramirez uh petrie left as a showrunner right when filming started so solely showrun by ramirez but how the two of them in their development and then ramirez and the show running have worked to 
take these four shows, which have, of course, tons of, uh, tons of similarities. There's the comic book aesthetic and New York and whatnot, but to really pull all of them together where you have these recognizable touchstones, uh, such as Pop's Barbershop, to really pull these characters together. Yeah, and speaking of pulling them together, Matt, we have interaction between Luke Cage and Claire, the, the Coulson, the glue of this uh, New York Defenders, uh, you know, uh, quartet talking about the challenge that Luke Cage is going to face, uh, you know, not just being Harlem's hero. Uh, pretty quickly, of course, we get uh, Luke Cage and Danny Rand meeting. And Pete, again, I don't think that they intentionally made Iron Fist to have Iron Fist the show to have some of the some of the areas of improvement, shall we say, for future seasons. But I think most of the Marvel Netflix, most of the MCU audience is uh, more so in Luke Cage's corner than that of Iron Fist. And, and that's how it plays out in the preview where, <laughs> uh, where you know, Iron, Iron Fist gets a little bit of a comeuppance. I think we're more than okay with that. Are you saying that people want to see uh, Danny Rand beaten up? Well, Pete, let me put it to you this way. I, I'm the oldest brother in my family. You're the oldest brother as well. And uh, now I'm going to use the the secret voice that the youngest sibling can never hear. So if you can hear this, you're cool peeps. Uh, little brother sometimes needs, needs that little smack just to be kept in line. And we're getting that here with Danny Rand. I'm certainly not suggesting, you know, uh, fire, fire Danny Rand from the defenders. Oh, I hope they kill him off. It's not that kind of character hate. It's just, you know what, Pete, if you have to have these four broken, uh, slightly misshaped puzzle pieces to come together to form the defenders maybe it's iron fist that needs a couple of rough edges uh sanded down by the other slightly more mature members and pete that is drama that's gonna make for some really fun tv well two things one i think it's no coincidence that the first time danny is seen in this trailer he is physically being led someplace by uh jessica hennick's colleen wing inarguably the greatest thing to come out of iron fist number two um bouncing off what you're talking about there the idea that somehow these three other members uh particularly luke cage the one i'm the most excited about seeing uh danny interact with given their great team up in their uh comics history um are, are cast in conflict initially and not the, Hey, little buddy, uh, type of situation. They, they might have instantly gone through that's good writing. Um, it's, it's good setup here. As far as we're introduced to these characters, there is another trailer on the way again, you know, it's, it's June 25th. As we record, this was dropped in early May. We're going to get another one soon that's going to focus much more on what they're up against. But as far as introducing them um, and just pouring through some of the stills here, Matt, uh, no lie, most of the time Danny is featured, it's with other people who outshine him. I mean, the PR reality is what the PR reality is. Uh, I think people have very much uh, embraced 
Matt Murdock as a character and the representation of Daredevil. Heck, there's been two seasons of Daredevil and some of the slower pace of the first season, which was well-earned, but some of that slower pace, they upped it for season two, made some costume changes and whatnot. So they've had a chance with Daredevil to make changes as necessary. Plus, it feels like the character's been around so long. I mean, my goodness, Pete, Charlie Cox was cast in 2014. So he's been the face of Daredevil, perhaps not, you know, with film through the camera, but to the public uh, for, for all this time. Uh, I would argue Jessica Jones as my favorite of the quartet. You know, Kristen Ritter nailed the character from the word go. Uh, really, really compelling story there that we're on board with. Similarly, we have the the reflection into black culture that is uh, the first season of Luke Cage, and it, you know it just works out well to have uh, to have Finn Jones's Iron Fist. Uh, featured with other people if it's been the least uh, appreciated of the four. Now, I know Netflix will tell you, oh, it's had uh, Google search numbers to the equal of the mm-hmm. highest high and the greatest. Uh, and that's what you do as a PR person. You don't, you don't, you don't talk <laughs> about weaknesses. You talk about strengths. It's public relations. But yeah, I'm more, I'm more interested on this pair up than I am, say, Iron Fist season two. Yeah, and I think they were wise to slot it where they did. It was the last one I've argued on our Iron Fist podcast by Fantastic Geek that uh, perhaps the toughest to bring to the small screen uh, that, that works in a comic book, but not so much on TV. And again, you know, to, to slot him in here with these three other much stronger uh, more popular personalities, and it, it's going to be what it's going to be. Um, there's even that meme too. At one point in the uh, the white hallway fight, because it's a, um, a a defender show, Matt. We we've got to have a, a fight go down in a hallway. Um, there's the meme, and actually, it's why the Jessica Jones uh, Twitter is the greatest of the five. Marvel, Netflix, Twitter's feeding into this series. Um, Finn Jones is shown swinging at nothing, hitting nothing. Um, and uh, she called it out on her Twitter. I mean, you have to take a moment to acknowledge the Twitter game that's going on there. If we, if we suspend our suspension of disbelief for a moment... Obviously, there's PR people behind those accounts, but all it takes is one look at any of those four accounts, and you absolutely believe that that uh, you know Danny Rand is sitting there on his phone getting called out. You absolutely believe that Jessica Jones has gotten done drinking a whole lot of hard alcohol and then is just taking kind of passive aggressive anger to social media uh, and so forth. It, it's it's part of the brilliance of this of this uh, marketing presentation that that the uh, miniseries is offering we were at new york comic-con in october of last year when for the very first time and the deal had been inked hours before uh sigourney weaver was announced to the public as the villain of the defenders and the place absolutely exploded Um, we recently had a chance to catch up with some of the people behind New York comic con and they revealed to us, they did not even know 
that Sigourney Weaver was going to come walking onto that stage. And while we have not seen or heard much of her Alexandra at this point, if that even is the character's actual name, uh, when she shows up here um, in the trailer talking about the more connections they have, the easier it will be to break them, the defenders. It's going to be fascinating to watch somebody who has dominated the film landscape for, I don't know, almost 40 years as possibly one of the, the top three genre actresses to show up in an uh, a miniseries that's uh, eight episodes that's supposedly going to take place over 48 hours. It is a stunning, stunning get to have her. I don't think anyone in, in uh, that that main stage of New York Comic Con had any idea that it would be an actress uh, or actor. I mean, I, I, of her caliber. I think perhaps smart money going in would have been, and the big bad guy is going to be Vincent D'Onofrio's Wilson Fisk, and people would have been, you know almost as wild but this is this is stratospheric and of course no disrespect meant to vincent d'onofrio but as an established character you could have seen that one coming um to have sigourney weaver walk out there no way no how did uh, did, did anyone see that one coming um it'll be interesting to see how much screen time she gets i'm reminded of how as as fantastic as D'Onofrio's Fisk was in that first season of Daredevil, uh, he's used sparingly in the beginning, which uh, is understandable. They're 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 trying to have a certain sense of reveal. Also, the pacing of that first season very very intentional. I would argue a tad too slow, but uh, so be it. That they they stuck to a steady pace. Um, is this a case where you see the seams of oh they only had Sigourney Weaver for eight weeks of a six month shoot? Uh, or are we getting great stuff every episode out of her? Um, heck, do they, Pete, I hope they don't pull a, a you-know-what-happened to one particular actor in Luke Cage. I won't spoil it for anybody who hasn't seen it, but <laughs> I, I guess that's a possibility too um, in terms of, shall we say, twists and turns that don't take you all the, all the way to the end. But uh, again, what a huge, huge get it is to have Sigourney Weaver. There's been such a buildup and as the show got running in terms of principal photography back in the late fall to continually see updates of, okay, uh, Simone Missick is joining the show. Okay, we've got Elodie Young coming back as Elektra, you know, to, to see all of these fan favorite supporting characters from each of the shows get drawn in, you know, Scott Glenn as stick who I think, you know, the, the more he's on the screen only shines on this show. And that's, you know, with all of the work he did in the third season of uh, the final season of the leftovers, which just finished up um, that to, bring it all together. You do worry about screen time. You do worry about what's going to happen there, but Sigourney Weaver sh shouldering the load as the big bad. And then Electra showing up, you know, they, they uncover the sarcophagus there. And, you know, same way we ended with daredevil. She's been brought back to life 
clearly the hand is super involved. And I think that's where other than the introduction of Colleen Wing, I think that's where Iron Fist is going to be noted as having done its best work, that it sets up what's going to take place here. Midland Circle was an area in New York where that gigantic hole was dug uh, that they discovered, that Elektra and uh, Matt Murdock discovered in the second season of Defenders. And you think, Matt, you know, we're going to be a little bit more than 14, 15 months past the airing of that episode where finally this is going to come full circle, pun intended, at Midland Circle. You mentioned the notion of screen time, and I think that's where the the Uber plan of Marvel TV uh, really starts to come into focus, particularly with these four uh, shows here, although I would argue the same is true for the uh, the broadcast shows that have that have gotten out there as well. Actors of of great talent and great uh, personality, whether it's Ika Darville, Simone Missick, uh, Deborah Ann Wall to a certain degree, uh, Rachel Taylor, um, these are these are characters who who have fully realized, or pardon me, these are actors who have fully realized their characters, like Malcolm, like Misty Knight, like Trish Walker. That said, they're not household names themselves so i don't know how the the pay is is uh, structured you know with the movies uh you have you know what you have your three main movies and you have three appearances and things of that sort where perhaps it's a bit clearer contract wise but you know uh, simone missick as an example somebody who prior to luke cage has done about six or seven episodes of television so again no slam against her talent nor her her ability on screen but it's somebody who you can say either ahead of time with your if you have some big gigundalist contract or just as things go hey we want you in a couple episodes of defenders even though you were what maybe third position for uh for uh luke cage uh depending on where you want to place the hierarchy but certainly let's say top five uh you're one of the stars of that show but you're super supporting in defenders it's somebody who is going to going to play ball with that again regardless of what the contract says i'm sure with none of these people they're not pulling them out of the pulling them out of their uh, apartments you know to, to force them to work i'm sure it's all been figured out ahead of time but that's kind of what you get with with some of the actors where they've chosen they've chosen star size and talent carefully yeah and you know, there's the the ones that everybody knows, the titular characters of, of each of those shows, but within each universe, how they've established their sphere of influence and to tap all of them. You know, we, we talk all the time with the Marvel Cinematic Universe that it's all connected and everything like that. And then there's, you know, been a lot of uh, malignment that – well, how come you don't have Thor on S.H.I.E.L.D.? You know, how come Rocket Raccoon doesn't show up in Inhumans? And I think once you get past the, the budgetary um, understandings there to see how interconnected this New York portion of the Marvel Cinematic Universe is, Matt, I, again, don't think there's something on TV currently or in the past that is as intertwined as this is yeah i have to wonder uh 
if if that pushing of it's all connected uh if that has come back to bite marvel television a little bit i know jeff loeb at the panels we've seen over the years he's kind of gone from the first person to mention that he even makes the two finger by two finger kind of the hashtag symbol (laughs) to now it's like i know you guys like to joke it's all connected (laughs) because i think they've reached a point now where the audience is so savvy and they're saying where's my sigourney weaver scott glenn carrie ann moss storyline going from agents of shield to a special two-hour tv movie agent carter revival to inhumans (laughs) why aren't you doing that it's kind of it's the embarrassment of riches when at the end of the day they're like hey marco ramirez uh you gotta you gotta oversee eight episodes uh jeff Loeb has an idea for a thing that brings them all together uh not for nothing spoiler alert it's probably the hand and you gotta include these four characters and uh some of the some of the the the, the secondary stars from each show you need your your karen page and your foggy nelson and your jerry hogarth and your claire temple and your colleen wing uh, kind of you know make the show not that they're not that they're not putting care into it but it's like do a thing that has a beginning a middle and end and they fight the bad guys and the vet then they come together as a team this isn't trying to be you know the the the, the new testament to the bible uh nor is it meant to be this all-encompassing nerd call out to every little last thing including oh man pete is the first is the first uh oh eight 084, 087, whatever it was. From Age of the Shield. Is that going to come back and play? Is that, did Alexandra actually bring that from Star Lord? Like, chill. Can we just have eight cool episodes where these four defenders come together, some of their friends help out too, and beat up some bad guys? I, I think we can. I mean, that being said, I, I don't think we can underplay how much this is going to break the internet in the middle of August. If Luke Cage was enough in September of last year to down most of Netflix servers on Saturday uh, of the weekend that it came out from just absolute overuse, bringing the four of them and all their supporting players together for a super bingeable eight episodes. And we've not been given episode length just yet. Um, Matt and I have discussed on some of the other podcasts, would they do a, a Sherlock-esque, you know, 90 minutes or, or something like that, that remains to be seen because we've not been given links just yet. But people are going to run through this, myself included, on that Friday, Saturday, and it's going to absolutely dwarf anything they've done before. Matt, I think we're looking at bigger than Stranger Things. And even then, that was kind of a, you know, that wave crested. This is going to shoot up immediately when it happens. Yeah, Stranger Things probably took three or four weeks of buzz building, buzz building until it was the thing that you had to watch. This totally known quantity to the point, Pete, my wife who knows that I watch all this stuff and I tell her what we talked about on the podcast, this and that, the other. The most she's seen of Daredevil, Jessica Jones, Luke Cage and Iron Fist was like the first two two and a half minutes of daredevil episode 201 where it's like there's like the is it a a, a jewelry robbery and the guys yeah they wind up in a church it, it, it's kind of the reintroduction of daredevil you know i show her the defenders preview once oh this looks good this looks good oh sigourney weaver's in it how long is it it's eight episodes i'll check that out and i think yeah. that 
it'll be interesting to see what does this eight episode thing do uh i know pete that for me personally and long time listeners know this i tend not to binge because if it's uh if it's a hearty episode i like to be able to reflect on it whether it's uh something that we're podcasting or not that said you know could you bang through eight episodes easier in a weekend than you could 13 yeah it's called math but how many people are going to say i'm not going to the movies this weekend what i'm going to do is i'm going to do my two or three episodes tonight my two or three episodes tomorrow my two or three episodes on sunday boom i'm done they are dropping it at the perfect time of year august is traditionally the graveyard of the summer movie season and you know as you've had you know marvel movies succeed at that time of year most notably guardians of the galaxy but by the beginning in the beginning the beginning of the month hasn't is now okay the end of the month pete let's see we're talking about friday the 18th right pete are you excited about the (laughs) hitman's bodyguard no uh i I think you and i saw the preview together it might have been attached to logan uh, Pete, oh, it's terrible. I like Sam Jackson. I like Ryan Reynolds. We yeah. all do. There's a reason it's coming like out in the second script. half of August. <laughs> um, Pete, how about Logan Lucky? Nope. Starring Daniel Craig and Channing Tatum. Um, directed by Steven, Steven Soderbergh. Has a lot of uh, pedigree there. Guess what? It's coming out then uh, for a reason. Um, the week after that are is five movies I've never heard of um in wide release let alone some of the, the smaller release ones point being you're right pete is the perfect time and also gives a couple weeks away from when we all have to go to the movies for inhumans but that's a different podcast a different time etc yeah and i think it's a situation where prior to inhumans uh 10 days two weeks later um and there's there's been this buildup since um, Iron Fist ended, uh, you know, ended airing in uh, you know March. Um, so you know, as the Marvel Cinematic Universe goes, other than Spider Man, um, yeah, people are going to be ready to uh, to get to that, and I think they're going to chew through that series rather quickly. Again, if the timeline of the events is to be believed all the more so to uh, not to rush through it, but you know, you're, you're going to anticipate what's coming next and uh, boom, what do you know? Uh, eight hours, nine hours uh, and change later and a, a bladder infection, you know, you finish the show. <laughs> Pete, let's now shift our focus to our own podcast of the episode. Of course, we will be podcasting the first episode when it drops on uh, August 18th, probably out by the evening, Eastern time. Uh, and then, Pete, we're going to continue the pattern that we've had for other Netflix shows uh, twice a week from there, probably Mondays and Fridays. Uh, and we'll uh, we'll crank through those eight episodes. We'll have our analysis. We'll have our theories. We'll have our, our careful eye towards uh, the entire production. So uh, it, it'll be fun getting down with some Defenders twice a week. Yeah, I'm super excited to get to this show. Uh, I'm going to get to look at a little bit of it ahead of time. But, you know, in this seemingly dead part of year that we're in, Matt, other than tentpole movies and Hollywood attendance being down this summer, um, super ready to go. I would scoot through those eight episodes right now if I could. 
Absolutely. Yeah. Fingers. Uh, oh, I was going to say fingers crossed on them releasing them early, which is ridiculous because, of course, they never do. It's in that Netflix uh, Marvel lockbox. There's a lockbox inside a lockbox. But fingers crossed that we get there ASAP. So, Pete, I guess with that, any final thoughts on the Defenders anticipation? Uh, the the De- Defenders just as a product coming together? I'm really looking forward to that next trailer and seeing a little bit more with the integration of what special effects they're rumored to have used past what we glimpse in the first trailer and uh, getting a little bit of a better look at our ultimate conflict. Pete, of course, this episode and indeed all the Fantastic Geek family of podcasts helped along by our pals on patreon.com slash fantastic geek pete they're like our own defenders helping us defend against the cost of bandwidth and storage and those uh those behind the scenes things that make the podcast happen absolutely and and much like the pantheon of uh characters that populate uh these defender shows everybody's got a role to play whether you're just looking to get in the door and and uh you know a dollar a month you're going to get exclusive podcast content and then you know if you're like mary kirk and you want to be misty knight boom there's a level for you to be at as well so of course as always big thanks to them pete Let's talk about some contact info here as people share their anticipation of the Defenders as they get ready for Inhumans, as they look back at Agents of S.H.I.E.L.D. Season 4 on Netflix, uh, as they get ready for Spider-Man, Homecoming, Coming Home, etc. How can people be in touch with you? You can find me on Twitter at Peter, P-I-E-T-E-R-J, Ketelar, K-E-T-E-L-A-A-R. 9,358 followers. Can't be wrong. And while I am personally on Twitter as Looking Back Lost, you can be in touch with the podcast tons of ways. We are Fantastic Geek. That's fantastic with the P and the H. You can find us on FantasticGeek.com, Fantastic Geek at Gmail, Fantastic Geek on Twitter and Instagram as well. But wait, Pete, is there more? Yes. There's this thing called Facebook that um, Daredevil... Uh, is not on Jessica Jones hates Luke Cage won't have anything to do with but strangely Iron Fist loves it Uh, so you get yourself to facebook.com forward slash fantastic geek with the ph all one word and you like us and whether it's the defenders whether it's any other show set in the Marvel Cinematic Universe, whether it's the Marvel movies, whether it's a little something near and dear to Matt and my heart and uh, millions of others in Star Trek and Star Trek Discovery, we'll bring it all to you. Indeed. So with that, Pete, we will be back on the Pop Culture Podcast feed next week talking about some more geeky goodness. If you're all listening to this on the brand new Defenders Podcast by Fantastic Geek Feed, uh, we will, of course, update that well, probably in three or four weeks' time, unless that 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 new uh, teaser comes soon. But uh, we'll certainly give you uh, plenty of good stuff between now and August 18th. So with that, Pete, I will say adios to all our listeners and give you the final word. The war for New York is here.